So it is a beautiful thing to behold talent on display. We got to observe this as a staff. The Emanuel Anglican staff went to the pep rally celebrating the state championship of the Uplift High School basketball team. You can see part of them displayed, part of it shrouded, part of it's displayed up here. Um, yeah, they won the state championship. We mentioned that they had a great season back in November, I think, um, but yeah, they took state. And we got to see their talent at the pep rally this past Friday. There was uh, a dunk contest, and as it happens, it appears that most of the basketball team can dunk, which, when I was in high school, touching the rim was this awe-inspiring thing, um, but not an uplift. Uh, it, was, it was incredible. Three-point competition. I think their center like, made most of his three-pointers. So and it was it was inspiring. It was beautiful, and uh, we congratulated Uplift. It was so much fun. It feels good to be the one who has the talent. It feels good to make a contribution and see that it's appreciated and felt. And uh, at the pep rally, we could really see some genuine pride on their faces. Uh, the whole school was uplifted by their talent. You could see that they really took that to heart. Maybe you've experienced this as well. Maybe you have a gift, a talent, an ability, and it's from God, and he's given you a capacity to make a contribution to the world. Uh, Dave Dravecki was a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants in the late 80s, and his talent was his arm, his pitching arm. And here's what he said in his memoir. He said, my arm caught the attention of the entire school when as a teenager I pitched my first no-hitter. Later, my ability to provide for my family was not based on how smart I was or how hard, hard I worked. It was based solely on what my arm could do on game day. It was based solely on what my arm could do on game day. When people talked with me, my arm was the center of the conversation. How's your arm today, Dave? Is your arm ready for tonight? My arm to me was to me what hands are to a concert pianist, what, my, what feet are to a marathon runner. It's what made me valuable, what gave me worth in the eyes of the world. So, what's your arm? What gives you worth in the eyes of the world? What is the contribution that you have the capacity to make that's unique? <clears throat> Maybe it's your intuition. You can see what no one else can see. And you have the ability to maybe even creatively express what no one else can see. So not only your intuition, but maybe also your creative capacities. Maybe it's your musical ability. You can play an instrument or sing in a way that's... Uh, you're an outlier, actually. You're not just talented, you're an outlier. You have incredible capacities musically. Maybe it's your intellect. You're a gifted thinker. You're widely read. You can connect all kinds of dots that no one else can connect. And people actually come to you and ask you to be their teacher. Maybe it's your lip-syncing ability. <laughs> and maybe you won the lip-syncing competition at the parish retreat last year. <laughs> By the way, parish retreat, May 8th through 10th, you're all invited. Mark your calendars. Maggie, mark your calendars. <laughs> Maybe you're just really good with business. 
You know how to make money. You know how to turn a profit. And you can do this over and over again. And you just have this capacity to make a business profitable and manage your money. Maybe you're good with kids. Maybe you're good with teenagers. And that's really valuable to the world. Maybe you're calm in a crisis. Maybe you're beautiful and strong. Maybe you can be frugal. You can delay gratification. And everyone hates you for it. You're good with people. You're good with numbers. You're good with animals. You're good with nature. What's your talent? One of the hardest things about talents is how fragile and temporary they can be. It's so frustrating that these things that are so brilliant and amazing that set us apart, that open the doors of privilege for us, can be so fleeting and temporary. One afternoon, Dave Drabecki, the one with the arm, uh, he was running his hand over his arm, the, the good pitching arm, and he noticed a small, tiny, hard bump about the size of a quarter. And he was like, huh, I wonder what it is. It's probably nothing. He went by his trainer and was like, what, what do you think this is? And his trainer's like, it's nothing. Just keep pitching. It was cancer. And it was a cancer that would take his pitching arm eventually. Most of his arm would have to be removed. He then was amazingly able to pitch again for about four games before he broke it again. And it had to be amputated. So it took his arm. What does he have left? That was his, that was his meal ticket. That was his ticket to ride. That was made him special. That was the center of conversation. That's what made him valuable in the eyes of the world, and it was gone. Our talents can feel larger than life. They can feel larger than life and make us feel invincible. Our talents can make such an impact on the world that we start believing that we're above limits and we don't need anything but our talent. So we can easily go from using our talents to trusting our talents. And trusting our talents makes us spiritually blind. It is so easy to go from using our talents to trusting our talents. And really trusting our talents makes us spiritually blind. Why? Not because talents are bad. They're from God. He wants you to use them and make a contribution with them. He wants you to love the world with your talents. They're not bad. But they can't live up to the expectations that we put on them. We put outsized expectations on our talents and say... Take me far. Make me invincible. Give me everything I need. Take me on a journey. And our talents can't handle, they buckle under the pressure of those expectations. And because they're limited, they can't fulfill those expectations. Trusting our talents makes us unaware of our limits. We, start, we stop thinking of ourselves as limited. Trusting our talents make us, makes us incapable of seeing our deep need for help from the outside. Trusting our talents makes us blind to the spiritual poverty that we have in our independence. This can manifest in a number of different ways. There are obvious ways, like the celebrities and the politicians that you see on TV and read about. And you see this all the time. Someone is famous and rich they have a talent, and it's, it's taken them far. And then they start living as if they're above the law, as if they're above limits. And they act in obnoxious ways. 
and they show how unaware they are. And it's so easy to laugh at them and go, oh, those celebrities, right? Those bad people who, who can never get it right, how stupid they are. It's so easy. Ha ha, let's laugh at the famous people that are stupid. But we have the same condition as they do. We just are less talented most of the time. That's the only thing separating us from them. Have you ever thought of yourself above the law? Have you ever thought to yourself, you know, that limit, that law, whether it's, a, you know, whether it's from the government or from whatever situation you're in, I'm above that. I'm above that limit doesn't apply to me because I'm special. Have you ever had that thought? Um, it would hinder the good things I'm doing, so I'm not going to pay attention to that limit that everyone else has. Or how about in a situation where your insecurity gets triggered, you're in an environment that you don't feel comfortable in, other people's talents are shining, yours isn't, and you think to yourself, well, at least I'm smarter. At least I'm better in this environment. At least I've got this trophy case at home, metaphorically speaking. Or maybe just fill in the blank. If I no longer had my ability to blank, life would not feel like it was worth living anymore. If I lost my talent, ability, capacity, blank, to blank, my life would not feel like it was worth living anymore. Trusting our talents makes us spiritually blind. But blessed disability can open our eyes. Can it not? Blessed disability can absolutely open our eyes. God breaks our hearts or he breaks our legs. We lose our job. We graduate from our zone of competence. And we finally see what we could not see before, which is that we have limits and we have a need for help from the outside. We start feeling our disabilities more acutely than our talents. Which one is a more apt metaphor for our spiritual condition, for our independent self of heart from God? Is it our talents or is it our disabilities? Everything hangs on how you answer that question. Which is a better metaphor for your spiritual condition apart from God, your talents or your disabilities? We must get that question right or we will remain in our spiritual blindness and we will not know the freedom that is offered to us freely in our need. The story in Mark 10, 46-52, is about a man who is physically blind. His name is Bartimaeus. Here's a great irony. He's physically blind and he has spiritual 20-20 vision. It's almost as if in his blindness... Spiritual night goggles have been placed over his head and he can see everything more clearly than anyone else. When Jesus walks by, he recognizes who it is. He recognizes that it's not just merely a man or a talisman that can get him what he wants. He can see Jesus in all of his glory and compassion. And he can see that the glory and compassion of Jesus is unsurpassed. Everyone else just sees a human being. 
Bartimaeus sees a savior. Everyone else sees someone that they could take or leave, kind of depending on the circumstances, see how everything shakes out. Bartimaeus sees someone that he needs, that he needs. Blessed disability opened his eyes. So let's look at the story of Bartimaeus, and let's see what he saw. Starting in verse 46 of chapter 10, Mark. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho, Jesus, as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called to the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. You see, Bartimaeus was aware of his need for mercy. He knew he needed to be saved. Bartimaeus had a spiritual insight that most people lack, which is this. Without Jesus' mercy, I am damned. Without Jesus' mercy, I am damned. And I can't do anything about it except cry out for mercy while I still have the chance in this small window of opportunity, now is the time for decision. And the decision is made. Have mercy on me. I will cry out. Bartimaeus offers no justification, no explanation, no add-ons, no resume, no record of good deeds done. He sees what no one else can. None of that matters to Jesus. None of it matters to Jesus. He comes empty-handed. I rediscovered an old hymn this week, which greatly encouraged my soul. It's called Rock of Ages. And the third stanza of the verse was what really ministered to me. It goes like this. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. Bartimaeus is flying to the fountain with reckless abandon. He doesn't care that people are shushing him and telling him to shut up. He doesn't care that people are shaming him. He comes naked. He comes helpless. He comes foul. And he flies to the fountain. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. I love how the ESV translates it. He sprang up. He didn't reluctantly get up. He sprang up and flew to the fountain because he had nothing in his hand. He had only his need. He had only his request. Blessed disability can open our eyes to our need, to our condition. That is the first thing that blessed disability reveals to us. But it reveals something else to us. Blessed disability can open our eyes to Jesus it doesn't just make us self-aware. It makes us aware of Jesus' incredible capacity to have mercy on us. The incredible match that he is for our sin. Verse 51, 
And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, yes, Bartimaeus asked for a recovery of sight. He wanted his physical eyes to work. But Jesus could see, and Jesus helps us see, that Bartimaeus was asking for more than simply a recovery of physical sight. He was asking for everything that Jesus offered. He was asking for everything that Jesus was. He wanted everything. When he said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight, Jesus could discern what he was really saying. And what he was really saying was, deliver me. Save my soul. Give me a way to walk. Never leave me. Let my story interact with your story. Make me your disciple. Bartimaeus had eyes to see that Jesus was good, that his salvation was true, and his way was beautiful. When we are preoccupied with our own talents, we become blind to the cross of Christ. All that it means, all that it offers. When we are preoccupied with our talents, we are convinced that our talents can take us a place that we couldn't go ourselves. The cross seems irrelevant, even offensive. But when we are confronted with our own disability, when we are confronted with something about ourselves that we cannot change, we cannot change with our own self-awareness. We are simply stuck unless we get delivered. Our eyes are opened to the beauty of the cross of Christ. Our eyes are opened to the power of the cross of Christ. We see the cross of Christ with greater clarity and suddenly it comes into focus and we realize that's what it was there for. Utter love, utter power, utter mercy poured out for us by Jesus. Leo the Great, who was a church leader from the 5th century, says this, Our understanding which is enlightened by the spirit of truth, should receive with purity and freedom of heart the glory of the cross as it shines in heaven and on earth. How marvelous the power of the cross. How great beyond all telling the glory of the passion. God's compassion for us is all the more wonderful because Christ died not for the righteous or the holy, but for the wicked and the sinful. Blessed disability can open our eyes to our true condition. And blessed disability can open our eyes to Jesus' deliverance through the cross. And blessed disability can open our eyes to our true journey, to our true path, our true journey. Verse 52, And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now what's interesting is Jesus says, Go your way, which sounds like, Go on your merry way, Bartimaeus. Go, run along, the way you were going to go anyway. But then immediately, Bartimaeus recovers his sight and followed him on the way. Yes, Bartimaeus went on his way. And his way happened to be Jesus' way. That was his journey. He was invited to go along with the disciples. Isn't that interesting? follows him. He has no hesitation. I'll follow you, Jesus, wherever you go. Immediately, Jesus goes to Jerusalem. I'll go with you to Jerusalem. 
Immediately, Jesus goes to humiliation, to injustice, to facing evil, to humiliation, to the cross. I'll go with you there. I'll go with you to humiliation. I'll go with you to the cross. I'll go with you to glory. I'll go with you to resurrection. I'm following you to the day of Pentecost and the ends of the earth. Where you go, I go. Where you go, my talents go. Your way is my way. Scholars note that Bartimaeus' name is known to us precisely because he was known among the disciples. They, he was part of the, he was part of the, the, the crowd, part of the, part of the team. And I just imagine Bartimaeus like reminding the disciples of the time when they shouted him down. Hey, remember when I was like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And you're like, Shh, stop talking. But remember that? Yes, Bartimaeus, shut up. <laughs> Bartimaeus' eyes were open to his true journey. He went on a pilgrimage with Jesus. He went on a pilgrimage where Jesus was leading the entire time. From that point on, his story and Jesus' story overlapped. They never had to separate. They still haven't. You see, we thought we were taking a journey with our talents. Our talents would lead the way. Our capacities and abilities would provide what we needed. Our talents would deliver us from our limitations. Our talents would be glorified. But our talents are temporary, remember? They can't do that. They can't take us on the pilgrimage we were meant for. Only Jesus can. When we follow Jesus on the pilgrimage that is our true pilgrimage, our false self will die at the cross. He will take us to the cross and we will see our sin and God's mercy at the same time and our false self will have to die. We will see who we really are, broken and beloved. We will see who we really are, made one with Christ, made new in Christ, saved in Christ, forgiven in Christ, no longer under the curse of shame in Christ, no longer under condemnation in Christ, beloved and broken, saved, delivered. Along the way, we may break our legs, our hearts could get broken, we could lose the things that are most precious to us. And we will realize as so many others, as they have walked their pilgrimage before us, have learned that in the hands of Jesus, when we are broken and beloved, our talents are the most used to the world and the least threat to us. We need him to steward our talents. We need him to open up opportunities. And we need him ultimately to steward our contribution to the world, even as he saves our soul. We're no longer afraid when we follow this pilgrimage, our true pilgrimage, to be exposed, to be, metaphorically speaking, naked, to feeling a sense of despair over our own lack of capacity to live forever and to be perfect. Amy Carmichael's prayer uh, or Amy Carmichael said this, I will not despise that which would draw me to my knees. My question to you is, do you despise the things that are drawing you to your knees? 
Do you hate that about yourself? Do you let it turn you in on yourself? It is in these very moments that our eyes have the capacity to be opened by the Holy Spirit as we stop looking to our talents to take us on the journey we're called on. We see clearly the cross of Christ where love and mercy meet, where we come, where we fly, empty-handed, naked, exposed, in need of grace. Brothers and sisters, let us fly to the fountain where we will be saved, where we will be delivered. Let us join Bartimaeus on the journey we are called on. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.